Live from Arts Deli in Studio City, it's the Nighttime Show! Tonight, our very special guest from Sin City, Artistic Director of the Ammunition Theater, Dear White People, Better Off Ted, Timeless, and War on Everyone, Malcolm Barrett! Our head writer, Matt Walker, and our host, ladies and gentlemen, the man who needs nothing more than your love, Stephen Kramer Glickman! It's me! <laughs> Always impressive. Always impressive. See, Malcolm, Always you should have hired impressive. him to be the announcer on your show. Uh, <laughs> uh, we are here at uh, on location as part of our Best of LA series, going to fun and cool, uh, uh, fun places. Just fun places. We're right today. We're at my favorite deli. Places we'd like to be kicked out of. Yes, places absolutely. we go to disrupt people's to peaceful yeah. lunches. We are. We're okay. constantly. Hey, there we go. Hey. <laughs> are we live? I'm, li- <laughs> I'm live Instagramming this. That's yeah. holy shit. Do it. Uh, Do it. This it. is amazing. Uh, for those of you who don't know, my name is Malcolm Barrett, <laughs> and we're at a deli. And uh, Mike Black has given the best intro to a television show ever, or a podcast, at a deli. Surprised every very nice Jewish person here (laughs) by introducing my credits of Dear White People. (laughs) Amazing. I love this podcast already. Many of them will be going to a new deli from now on. Or this will become their favorite. Deli. I didn't know this was going to happen. <laughs> oh, this is good. It's so much fun. We we have a, a lot. Of, we have a lot of fun doing this. And Mike, uh, you know, Mike's the best announcer in the business. He the really best. is. He's, this is Mike he, Black uh, for my followers. Is. I'm Instagramming this live right there now. Hi, for everyone. Who, for those who don't know. Look at all the hearts you're getting. I'm getting tons of hearts. You're getting a lot uh, of hearts. What people don't know is that uh, me and Mike Black actually go back. We did a commercial for some sort of phone device. Uh, yeah. But then after that, we were together on Nerd Court. So this is for the Nerd Court fans out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he became our Doctor Who expert. Do you guys remember that? That was oh, fun. Yeah. And, and I won't tell you what the phone device was, but the guy we did the commercial with has recently switched sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the, oh. to the other camp. Yeah, God. you know what I mean. Does he have glasses? These phones ain't loyal. <laughs> yeah, no. These phones, phones ain't loyal. These phones ain't loyal. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we're we're very excited to have you, Malcolm. The last time I saw you was at uh, San Diego Comic Con at yes. the Nerd yes. HQ party. And I don't know what happened, but there were th- there were things happening. Uh, it was a big. It was a lot of a lot of stuff happening that I, night. I love Comic Con. I love Nerd HQ. That was a lot of fun. I think Steve Zaragoza was there. I think Josh, I met, Josh Whedon was Josh there. Josh Whedon was there. I think maybe Little Batman was there. Uh-huh. Uh, little Batman, <laughs> little, yeah, little Gotham, young young Gotham, whatever that little boy name sure, is. Sure, sure. Oh, that kid. <laughs> yeah, yes. young Gotham. He was there. These are just hellos. Um, <laughs> little shout out, Ava Ernest. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it was. Uh, I love Comic Con. I actually went there before I was there as a guest, and was there just as a fan. Um, my homegirl had gotten me tickets there, and I was like, I waited in all the lines. And so I, I did a movie with Kerry Washington at the time, and she was in Django. So I, like texted her. I was like, Which what room you in? I need to go see Django. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. my god, she's like, that's amazing. She's like, we're in this. Yeah, yeah. I'm name dropping. Pick them back up. They're in my pocket now. <laughs> so you went from one year. Attending to the next year, to the to about two years later, uh, being on a panel with wow. Timeless, 
Um, and and I couldn't. I everywhere. could not get into that panel. It was. It's that good. Well, I, I. Well, then my note got through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah man, you. You guys were everywhere down there. There's an entire uh, building that was just covered in timeless from, the, and yeah. all the buses, buses with and your face driving. There by. was. That was probably the most insane, insane experience of my life. Was literally seeing buses and walls with my faces on it. You oh know, NBC God. went crazy. There was a gravitron ride. You know, one of my yeah. early. Instagrams that I have on there is there it's plastered all over the place there's a Gravitron ride with all of that <laughs> no one knows who I am and they haven't connected my physical being to the <laughs> pictures on the walls I so I'm like that. literally yeah. talking to fans and go, hi Izzy Rose uh, <laughs> I'm literally talking to fans and going like hey you guys going on a Gravitron and like just some people going like yeah I guess so whatever <laughs> oh, like, wow having no idea who I was and it was just it's like, free I'll get on it yeah yeah, yeah. they're like whatever <laughs> I, I have time to kill between yeah. like Django uh, and like Iron Man 3 so like I came over to oh check out the Batmobile, God. but I guess <laughs> yeah, this is okay. Yeah. That's you know, I wanted my Aaron. copy of the Watchmen sign, but right. this is all right. Dude, I, I thought uh, I think Timeless is a terrific show, man. That's a that's a that's a big show. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, it's a huge. Uh, well, you know, it's the biggest show I've ever done in terms of budget, in terms of sci-fi, in terms of rollout. You know what I mean? What's I'm the, just. Did, can you tell us what's the budget on the show per episode? Uh, Any idea? Uh, Nine point three billion dollars. Nine point three billion amount. dollars. Yeah, it's That's a rough. A it's a rough estimate. Wow, that gives a, you a and I'm not great with numbers, <laughs> but I think it's roughly <laughs> around nine point three billion dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Show. Yeah, sure, well, it's made. It it's an indie. It's yeah. an indie. It's an indie television art house sort of show. Yeah, but it's crazy. I mean, we got. What's funny is that most of the sci-fi isn't even in. It's in the concept more than it is the visuals. You know, for the most part, you know, the visuals rely on getting old-time clo- clothing and, right. and and being in the spaces and converting those spaces into things that look like you know 1930s Chicago or yeah. you know 1864 uh, you know the South and, and things like that or, yeah. or Paris. So that's a lot of where it goes into more so than like just seeing laser beams shoot across the screen. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it really is. I mean, that is, you guys are very screen accurate. NBC is doing a killer job. Yeah, and, that. and keep in mind, we shoot within like the course of nine days, So we and we never go back to the same place. So yeah. we never use the same stage. Oh my we God. never return to the same environments ever. So even if we use the same set, we have to redress that entire set completely to look like a oh, different yeah. century. Holy you crap. Know? Well, a, I'm by no means a history buff at all. I'm terrible, but I, the one of the few things that I took a day and read about was uh, Lincoln's assassination. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when I saw the footage of that, all the little details You saw there, footage of the Lincoln assassination? No, uh, uh, the footage of Timeless. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's yeah. really I good. I would not have sat on it for this long if, if I found footage of the Lincoln assassination. <laughs> but um, just little things like the... Booth limping when he left, mm-hmm. and uh, everything he said was accurate. Yeah, it was really. Yeah, I yeah was the so quotes from there. Yeah, they we use a lot of real quotes from this. Even uh, yeah. in our most recent episode about uh, Josephine Baker and the Lost Generation, that was a real yeah. quote where she described what it meant to be the Lost Generation with uh, Ernest Hemingway and, mm-hmm. yeah. and her and Gertrude Stein and all these things. And we use real quotes from these people. Yeah, um, when we had H uh, H8- Hearns, uh, what is his name? The uh, the killer, one of the first serial killers that we H. had. H.R. Puff and stuff. H.R. Puff and stuff. <laughs> right. Uh, Notorious T.R.R. token. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the thing that he describes himself about having the devil inside of him was a real life quote. Wow. And so the, the show makes a very good... Um, 
job of using real life quotes and using real life situations and using just enough artistic license to give us some headway into yeah. the conceit of the show. Have you heard that uh, it's a Holmes brilliant H H Holmes that kind of relates to your show where. Uh, you know, the thing they say to most people when they're asked, if you had a time machine, what would you do? I'd go back and kill Hitler. Yes. Someone wrote this incredible response to that saying, while I admire your goal, keep in mind, if you fail, Hitler has a time machine now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And that's kind of what your show is. It's true. It's true. If you fail, Hitler has a time machine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that thing of like, it's the usual that's suspects. So like, yeah. you know, how do you shoot the devil? What if you miss? Yeah. Do you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of the conceit of the show a lot of times. Yeah. It's just like, it's really it would brilliant. be great to change this, but what are the ramifications? And yeah. I always give. Uh, I always give the rest of my cast uh, shit all the uh-huh. time. Like, I was doing an interview with Goran, and he was like, you know, I would never change that, because he's Croatian, and his yeah. accent is completely accurate. Um, he'll be like, uh, you know, like, I would never want to do that, you know, because then, you know, it would have something greater happens, and, you know, everything is wrong, and that's no good, you know. And I would always sit next to him and be like, well, unlike Goran, I hated slavery, so I would change that if I could. <laughs> but, you know, whatever, yeah. time paradox. Yeah. Like, Do you, you have know. a favorite time period that you've gotten to go to? Uh, so far, I liked the Roaring Twenties a lot. I liked yeah. um, I liked going to the 80s, you know what I mean? Possibly because oh, yeah. you guys it was in my Miami lifetime. And like, yeah, we did sort of a Miami Vice, a Crockett and Tubbs. There's one where it was more almost a Versace suede, like can't go Look, mm-hmm. that would I would have loved, but I love the way that they went because it was it was sort of the team coming together and and being like this thing and like so to throw back to Miami Vice on a yeah. first episode where me and him are paired up together, me and Matt Lanter, yeah. it was great and it was probably our funniest, most tragic episode. Yeah, yeah. funny because of the we showed Manimal and A Team and you have these huge <laughs> colors and rolled up blazer sleeves. I was um, a big Manimal fan when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, so you had that, but at the same time we had like a lot of death and like yeah. him trying to get, you know, his wife back after like from the murderer and make right. sure he's not born yet. So you had a little Jeez. bit of both of that, you know. It's uh, yeah. it's a heavy show. It's a lot of fun to watch though. Like each episode you're just like, oh I'm like I'm at episode seven right now. Okay. And each time I'm like doing other things I'm like I could be at home right now and just seeing what happens. You could. <laughs> you know? I just love how other networks, though, right now are like, they're like, we also have a time. There's a lot of time. Show. There's a lot There's of time, time shows. Do you think that there is. is? Do you think that's because of the popularity of Doctor Who that this is sort of becoming? Well, a thing no, a lot of only because Doctor Who's been on for like 50 years. Yeah, off, off and on. You know what I mean? I, I think it's just you know sometimes it winds up being in the zeitgeist. It winds up being mm-hmm. in the thing. Like it was really weird when it was like uh, there was two. What is it? the uh, role that uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman he played the writer uh, in Cold uh, Blood yeah Uh, Yeah, I know Capone yeah yeah Capone Capone Capone. but wait a segue because our next episode is on Al Capone (laughs) tonight at 10 (laughs) p.m. so good job anytime Uh, segueing St. Valentine's Day St. Valentine's Day massacre for the uh, fans at home or on my Instagram if you say a weird word I'll try and work it into the conversation and we'll see if the (laughs) listeners can figure out if I'm just odd or if yeah. I'm playing a game with my Instagram followers. <laughs> I Why <love> not it. both? 
<laughs> anyway, renew timeless hashtag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? Where, is that me or is that no, the followers? Is that something already happening? Are they already? I don't know. Already? I don't. Well, we can't. We have no idea. We have no idea. We have a good following. The ratings are down sometimes, but all of, overall TV ratings are down. But we're like first all the time or second or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and so, yeah. do you find yourself I, checking like the Twitter feed of the cancellation bear? I do. Well, but you know what? I, ch- I check that no matter what. Like yeah. I'm, I'm that guy that checks IMDb to see if I'm working tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, did yeah. I get a job? All right, cool. cool. No. Well, people <laughs> watch it like I know that the entire season is on on demand right now. Yeah. Does that help? It do- do- I mean, all of it helps. I mean, live works better, but we also have like it's weird because we also have like 17 to 20 million like oh, after okay. after mm-hmm. DVRs, but like yeah. networks they love live because then they can show their commercials like which is how right. they make their like you know sure of course you know that's yeah, how they cut sense. their pig up to make the bacon you know what I mean so yeah so download it as soon as you can download it immediately <laughs> watch it off your DVR as soon as you can otherwise anyway, this podcast is it. irrelevant yeah. right <laughs> no point in this episode yeah. will this have episode no rewatch value Malcolm yeah we could have just sat here and eaten like, pastrami I, yeah <laughs> I could have just given you like a taste test of pastrami sandwiches <laughs> well, how many at Arts Delicatessen we have tonight's episode which is whenever you watch this podcast which is what the 13th which is our penultimate episode before our season finale and I will tell you that Rufus goes through a bunch of stuff uh, throughout the uh, next couple episodes that was penultimate and a word suggested by your Instagram followers no that's that's what I use use, I'm really good at words Your character's name is Rufus Carlin. Yes. Can you talk about where that came from? This is where it came from. I was in, um, I was actually had an early rehearsal with the writers one time, and I was talking about the character of Rufus. And there's some racial connotations to Rufus only in that a black man hasn't been named Rufus since, like, the antebellum South. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I was saying that. I was like, I, was, I always have, like, name issues sometimes. And I was just like, I was like, look, I went in there and I was like, I don't love the character being named Rufus. Like, I'm too young to be named Rufus. I was like, the only other Rufus I know are like Wainwright and like a, a British, like, white guy actor, Rufus yeah. Sewell. I was like, there's not, it's not a very common name. I was like, the only way I will accept it is if I think it's a callback to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, <laughs> yeah. where George Carlin played Rufus, um, who was like their time traveling companion throughout the so thing. cool. And so, you know, Kripke looked at me and he was like, so listen, you know, um, We've done the show. We've shown the show to a bunch of network executives. No one's pointed out the fact that the character's named after Rufus from Bill and Ted. He was like, yeah. if you look at the names of Wyatt, it's Wyatt Logan and it's uh, Lucy Preston. Uh-huh. Ted Theodore Logan oh, and Bill S. Preston that from yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I had not picked up yeah. on either of those That's yet. why yeah. I got my nerd credibility. <laughs> and I think Whoa. was able to like, talk to them for wow. a little while afterwards. Yeah, because then and he was like, yeah. So um, you, you hear it here from you know, <laughs> out of my mouth. That is where that name came from. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I love it. I love yeah. So we do little callbacks. I mean, we do little callbacks to Bill and Ted. We do callbacks to Back to the Future and all sorts of things. Hey, um, man, this is a lot of fun. Are you having a good time there, Matt I'm Walker? I'm having a great time. Man, oh, man, do I love uh, recording episodes of the Nighttime Show podcast. But you know what I love doing even more than that? What do you love more than that? Popping open a bottle of Fireball Whiskey, which I happen to have with me right here. <laughs> that and is you know a bottle what? of Fireball. It is. It's a big bottle. It says Fireball Whiskey, and it is yummy, yum, yums, uh, cinnamon flavor. I'm actually, I don't know if you... I don't know if you can hear it, but if I hold up the bottle, you can hear the bottle talk. Hang you on, can't I'm hear a bottle talk. Hold. Wait, shh. Just listen real quiet. 
Oh, what's happening, everybody? How y'all doing tonight? Hey, there's my Whoa. bottle of Fireball hey, whiskey. That bottle's talking. That's that's a crazy. real bottle that can talk. Yeah, that's amazing. What's happening, Matt? You said you were having a good time, right? I am having a good time. You want to have a great time? Yeah, you want to have a great time? You got pop that. We're gonna pop this bottle up, and I'm gonna put you in my mouth. Yeah. You ready for that? Oh, I've been ready my whole bottle oh, up. Oh, I want oh. you so deep down my oh. throat. Here oh. we go. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it all. Oh. Give it to Here me, we go. baby. I'm, I'm opening it. Oh, can you smell it? Well, you swallowed that whole bottle of Fireball. That's amazing. Well, it was a, a nice, it was a lot of Fireball, and it's down in my belly. Are you down there? Steven, this is a blast, man. Thanks for swallowing me. Hey, how's it going in my uh, in my stomach? How is it down there? Oh, it's really great. Hey, did you go to In-N-Out? <laughs> I did. Oh, man, lucky me. Yeah, you better enjoy some of that, buddy. Those are for yeah, for y'all. <laughs> this is great, man. Let's get loose. Let's get loose. Let's have a good time. I'm going to shake my belly around. Oh, wait, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Hey, you see a TV guide in there? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, actually, yeah, I do. One of the it's dog a TV guide. There's a TV and a TV in there. Turn around, you can see it Darn. on the wall. Cool. Um, it's Sanyos, I believe. <laughs> Sanyos <laughs> Fireball. What do you see on the TV? Oh my gosh, look at me. What is this? A, Get out. Is it? Are you, is it an old episode of Quantum Leap? Yeah. Whoa. Is he ever going to get back? I don't know. I don't know. But enjoy that, buddy. And thanks for being in my stomach. Fireball whiskey. It's a party in your stomach and a party in your heart. Fireball whiskey. Bye. All right. Let's get back to the show. What are the uh, What are the other cast members like that you're working with? Like, uh, had you known either of them before? The running joke is how we did not know each other at all. Uh, excuse me, I got a cough. Watch this. Very professional. Gross. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. <laughs> but that's real. That's real time. Um, hi from the UK. Um, so uh, Matt's a real jerk vest. But uh, other than jerk that, vest? <laughs> no. What if that was a thing? Yeah. That sounds like, <laughs> like the worst terrorist ever. Yeah, yeah. This is a jerk, jerk vest. vest. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people not being nice yeah, to each other yeah. for like an extended That's period actually, of time. If you're in Jamaica, in though, a jerk fest yeah. is a good thing. I love it. Oh, yeah. Get yeah. some jerk chicken. Yeah, yeah. Good times. It's a jerk chicken. This area is too spicy. Uh, a, yeah. Someone used a jerk fest. If you're in the San Fernando Valley, a jerk fest is a whole different thing. Very different thing. It's at massage parlors. It's a whole thing. I, uh, it's an extra forty dollars. Uh, I, I bought that on DVD. No, that's <laughs> fine. I, I got jerk vest too, uh, and three the clean and jerk vest. Uh, <laughs> what you have to watch out for? You get a hernia. <laughs> Speaking of Matt Lanter, he's a welcome to work with every day. Um, he's very, he's very funny. He's gonna just headbutt me in a bar. Oh, he is. After, he's he's full of shenanigans. This. He's full of shenanigans. Uh, <laughs> we have we have a lot of fun. Like him and Abigail, we just sing silly songs to each other, and uh, and and that's about it. It's really weird. I think it's when whenever you're on a tent show with high drama, it makes you really silly. Yeah, like sure. one of the first times when we had to uh, stare outside at the. Um, when we were in the Hindenburg and we had to stare outside, mm-hmm. there's about three of us, including yeah. Chantel, me, and Abby. And we're looking outside, and what we're actually looking at is a bunch of orange cones <laughs> because yeah. it's like CGI stuff. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, Pretend. and it would be pulling out, you know, it's going to be pulling out for what is going to last for about 20 seconds, the shot is. So, we can't help but laugh after about four seconds <laughs> because we're just staring at cones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, we're like staring and we're just like, Falling out laughing, they're like, can you hold until we yell cut? We're like, no, we're trying. 
<laughs> just not easy. What we're doing is ridiculous. Yeah, that's all. These cones are people burning and yeah, dying. Yeah. These people, These the cones little, are dying. Yeah. The cones are dying. Oh my god! You know I mean, so it's it's a very weird. That's experience. A, I imagine like like when people are in like Avatar and things like that, where everything is CGI. It's very difficult to have to do that, right? Yeah, this is the closest I've ever had to do because this is one where we have a lot of like skies that are CGI, or we're recreating Paris or a Hindenburg exploding, mm-hmm. and yeah. so there's a lot of practical stuff. But then there's a whole bunch of like that. You're, the Hindenburg wasn't there when we were looking up. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. So there was that. <laughs> that, you, didn't, that you didn't fly yeah, one in. They're like it's <laughs> over there. I'm like, okay. I, I, you didn't hire the Goodyear blimp to stand in at all. Anytime, <laughs> anytime I watch the show, and I'm like, try to ignore the weird visual things that I'm doing fine. for my followers. It's yeah. fine. It just makes me wish that we were taping this show because you guys are missing a lot of fun stuff that it's Malcolm's very doing fun, with his challenging face things that I'm doing to, to my for his face. Instagram but it's, a, but it's okay. I have a face for radio, so it works out. <laughs> this podcast is good. No, I love I love on the sh- on the show how you can't tell what's CGI and what's not CGI, and you're just trying to fake. Sometimes you're just trying to figure it out. You're like, how much of this? Where did they shoot this? Is if, it all being shot on stages for the most part? Or uh, no, we're outside on location for most of it. We're very rarely in a stage. Um, pretty much the only thing that's ever consistently a stage is Mason Industries. Uh, yeah. That's the only oh, place yeah. that we're always in stage. What oh. what lot are you guys on? Uh, I don't know. It's like an old peanut factory. I don't know. Like, Canada <laughs> is not built for the amount oh, of shows that Canada? it's happening. We're in Canada in Vancouver. Are you in Vancouver? Yes. Do you live at the um, Where Sutton? do you live exactly? Sutton Sutton place? Yeah, Sutton what's my address? address? It's 224 uh, Manning. <laughs> but you're saying, uh, please come and visit. Do not pay attention to the guard. Just burst right through there. He's not a big fan of law and order. <laughs> he doesn't love. understand how much you love. Yeah, Malcolm. he doesn't. <laughs> just say, I love Timeless. <laughs> no, I love Password is Rufus. If you're, if you're you're staying at the at the uh, Sutton place. No, I am not. Okay. No, All we right. did for the no. pilot. I visit okay. there. They do know my name. You will get a free Jack and Coke if you <laughs> stop by. Uh, but no, we wound up getting places because I've been there almost six months. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. yeah. 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 So we're living in, speaking of speaking outside, uh, being outside, that's why our uh, Western episode is, is in the snow because it happened to snow in Vancouver oh deeply God. for the first time in eight years. That's so amazing. we turned it into like a Django, like, you know, Hateful Eight sort of situation. <laughs> Simply wow. because it snowed, so we're out yeah. there and like. It's either that or get a lot of hair dryers. It's a lot of yeah. hair dryers. <laughs> it's also you know what? A, put your money wherever you want. It's your budget. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know. You have nine billion to work with. Yeah, we have yeah. nine point three billion to work with, so we can buy as many hair dryers as we want. That's not <laughs> a big deal. Let's, uh, let's jump to Dear White People. Sure, um, sure, sure. A great film. I thought it was good. Uh, how do you? Uh, how did you? How did that come about? How did you end up getting involved in that? So, you know what's funny about Dear White People is that um, I had worked with uh, Stephanie Elaine, who is a producer who's been doing films for years and years. And so we did a movie called Peoples with, speaking of, Kerry Washington, Craig mm-hmm. Robinson, David Allen Greer. Wow. Um, uh, a bunch of people. Kimry, Kelly Hawk, uh, Tyler James Williams. Um, as a Patha Merkison. Um, so I had done that movie and it had been a lot of fun and we did that and then what happened was she, Stephanie Lane, had also wind up producing Dear White People and I think Mike Epps was supposed to be in it um, but he dropped out because I think he was like his schedule was busy he was doing stand up or something he's doing some Mike Epps shit yeah. um, and so she called me over like a weekend where I was like just chilling and was just like are oh, you around on such and such date I was like yeah she was like hold on and then I get like you know an email from the casting director um, who I've been friends with who uh, and um, was just like 
let's go. Do you want to do this? And I was like, okay. And so I wound up being in this movie, which I thought was already shot. A lot of people had saw the initial uh, thing on YouTube and thought it was actually already shot. Wow. Um, because the YouTube, the initial teaser for the YouTube, which was just as a concept teaser, had gotten so many hits. And it's actually sort of mirroring what's happening on Netflix right now, which is that yeah. I got a whole bunch of hits, yeah. ridiculous views, a bunch of hate stuff, a bunch of white folks saying, like, this is about, or a small group of white folks going, like, this is about white genocide. And I was going, like, <laughs> or, or it's not about that yeah. <laughs> at all. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it's like, it's this facetious satire that actually critiques black folks as much as it does white folks yeah. like the harshest criticism it has about white folks is can you please not wear blackface yeah. like yeah. sure <laughs> and they were like you're taking away all our rights <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean um, so it's a, you don't know how much part of our culture <laughs> it's huge it's our people um, so if you get dashikis we get blackface um, it's only fair yeah not really at all yeah no so I wound up playing this sort of reality guy uh, called Helmet uh, or named Helmet, who is, like, just sort of one of my, like, great, like, bad guy characters. It was, like, really yeah. fun to play. I think I went to the Brad Pitt School of Acting for that one, and that I would just eat in every scene. Um, <laughs> but that was tons of fun. It was a great experience. It was a, a great uh, time to be a part of the zeitgeist in that manner. And now it's sort of remade its way as a Netflix TV show. And I have no connection to the show, TV yeah. show, at all. I've been doing Timeless. I'm literally just supporting it. I think it's a great movie. My brand, yeah. Brandon Bell is in it. Justin Simeon, great writer. I know a bunch of people involved. So now there's no chance show. whatsoever that you'll be in it? Uh, not on the first season. Oh. Not on the first season. Who, who knows what can happen? I've just had a crazy schedule this whole time. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's yeah. a bunch of people that were who were from the movie that might have returned and just schedules didn't work out that way because, yeah. you know, for the most part, everyone had a great experience and That's understood where it was coming from. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it, it, that was a great work and, you know, salute to Justin. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of those, if, if you think it's about white holocaust or whatever <laughs> if you have misgivings see the film and then criticize yeah, it soup's it. not about yeah. a white holocaust yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me assure you as as someone with the instagram uh handle mike black attack which is an unfortunate one. <laughs> <laughs> let me assure you white people see the film first and then decide yeah, judge judge not yeah. Based on title, <laughs> right? Words Absolutely. from Mike Black Attack. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I had I had conversations with people about that movie because I saw it, and uh, I had friends who I was like, "Oh, I, I went and saw this movie," and people were like, "Oh, I, I don't know, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm just gonna feel like I'm, the people are gonna be mad. Is it? Am I yeah. mad, at mad at me? At is it just, is is the is everyone on screen just mad at me the yeah. whole time? And I'm like, no, that's not it. It's no. very no. interesting." Movie with a lot of dynamics to yeah. it, yeah, and, and it's, it's funny too. People, yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very funny. Absolutely, you know yeah. what I mean. And a lot of the humor makes fun of black folks. A lot of it is like us. It's critiquing how quickly we are to identify in any particular way as a defense mechanism and as a way to identify ourselves in general. You know, it's a facetious title. Not everyone agrees within the movie with the words "dear white people." And exactly. also, the other yeah. thing that people would always say, we like, well. What if we had dear black people? It was like, well, what follows? 
<laughs> like, what do you say after dear black people? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, because we go, dear white people, please don't dress up like us. <laughs> like, I think, yeah. I think what scares you is that you would go, dear black people, stop stealing my TV, and that's a little awkward. <laughs> right. Like, that's right. awkward. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like 18th on the list. It's not the first thing that would come. <laughs> we don't just go straight. Yeah, no, it'd be 17 other yeah. things. I get it. I love it. I, I get love it. it. That's amazing. Um, I was a huge, huge Better Off Ted fan. So was huge, I. Such yeah. a damn good show. How many seasons did you guys get? We went two seasons. I think we were 13 episodes per season. Uh, it was awesome. Un, like Unbelievably funny. You were hilarious on the show. But the show itself was a very, very funny show. And uh, and one of those I kind of feel like really should have got a, a longer run and should have been around longer than it was. Oh, I wish it was. It's one of those shows that people either call like niche or they call cult or they say, you know, it was ahead of his time. It's Victor Fresco, who never has a show that, that simply mimics what's going on. It always calls attention and flips it on its head. Victor Fresco created Dinosaurs and Andy Richter controls mm-hmm. the universe and... Um, currently, he he does uh, the Santa Clarita Diet with Drew Barrymore, mm-hmm. with the yep. zombies and Tim Oliphant. Uh, so yeah, uh, cheers, Street Girl. Uh, and uh, and so and so, um, it was an awesome thing. I, I played Lem Hewitt, who uh, was a codependent scientist, along with um, Jonathan Slavin, who played Phil. Slavin's um, so funny, aka uh, hashtag Flem. Uh, and so we we were great because we were sort of meeting in the middle age wise and we were so codependent even as actors we actually had audition for a lot of the same roles growing up uh, coming through our careers um, playing like sort of quirky individualistic insiders and then so when we got to play codependent quirky individualistic insiders <laughs> um, who were geniuses it was the perfect fit you know oh, yeah. I actually didn't make my screen test uh, because I was new to LA somewhat and had been driving I think through uh, Bel Air, uh, yeah. all about how my life got <laughs> caught. Uh, <laughs> and so I'd been driving through, and I'd done whatever, and so I got there late, and I like missed a bunch of guys coming through, and I go upstairs, and they're like, "You're too late. We'll just use your tape." And I thought my career was over, oh. and then cut to I got the part. Wow! And, like, and then cut to the three guys who didn't get the role, who's like, "Who got it?" The guy who uh, he didn't he didn't show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. (laughs) That's all right. Um, So, yeah. That's amazing. I love that show. That's such a great show. Oh, do you, um, anytime they've ever told me we're we're just going to use your tape, I'm like, oh, no. Fuck. Yeah, it's over. (laughs) There it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have the same, what was the experience like for auditioning for Timeless? Was it similar? Timeless was interesting. Sean Ryan and Eric Kripke. Kripke, who I knew from binge watching Supernatural. Sean Ryan, I knew from binge watching The Shield. Um, and so the experience was, I think maybe I auditioned. I feel like maybe I didn't. Um, not initially. And then just I was in the room. Up. I just showed up and said, do you want me to have it? <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, and so uh, I love Germany. And then so uh, what happened was I go in a room. It's, it's Sean Ryan, Eric Kirby. And I, and I do the part. And I know the part because I, I get it. And I know what I want to do. And wow. it's a smart black kid from like a whatever neighborhood. And that's who I am. And I knew... And I was a big sci-fi fan, you know, Quantum Leap, Doctor Who, all of that. I knew this world, um, and I knew what I wanted to be if I existed in the American modern version of this world. Yeah. And that's what Rufus is. Um, And so 
from there, I knew it was good. And even once or twice, they said, riff, you know? And I was like, okay. And they let me riff on what became the scene in the pilot, which is the, um, you know, every black guy named Michael, Jordan, Jackson, and yeah, all of that. That um, was great. And became though. a huge riff. Um, and I'd sort of hit on that at the audition. And then, you know, I'd been having fun with them during the pilot and they were like why don't you ad lib more and I was like because you're the writer and it's a drama <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and so that's probably the only real riffing ad lib I have I've added little things here and there and I've given notes you know and been like can we do this and they're very susceptible susceptible, susceptible. they're very susceptible to my brainwashing um, they're very acceptable to all of this, happy birthday, Lydia. And so uh, that's been part of the joy is being able to see that character grow and seeing how much they, they listen and we respond and cooperate together. Yeah. That's very cool. That's amazing, man. That's incredible. Yeah, that first episode was tr- terrific with the Hindenburg because it's like it is one of those things that you would definitely change if you could, you know. Yeah, if you and, notice uh, Matt Lanter and, and yeah. uh, Abigail Spencer, they both they both talk about how the characters would have changed this. Uh, yeah. Actually, not Lucy, because she always wants everything to be the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah um, you do a lot of theater aside from this. Here's So, as a guy, we I mean, Mike grew up doing a lot of theater, and I grew up doing a lot of theater. And I've seen Matt, you do, I've seen you do the uh, at a piano bar. One of the ways I know you yeah, is uh, my homegirl, oh, yeah. Kim Hamilton, who also works with uh, Ammunition Theater, and uh, which is my theater company. And we've done, uh, I actually did a play called The Boomerang Effect with Jonathan Slavin, written by Matt Levitt. That's how I met Kim, who took me to the piano bar, which is one of the ways I've seen you perform. Wow. Yeah. When was that? Uh, a couple years ago, maybe five. I have no idea. I have no well, idea. Uh, I know that we, um, that, like, as a person that's like a big theater fan, and I love I love doing plays, but I haven't been able to figure out how to do a play in Los Angeles because, but because, like, how do you, <laughs> how do you make time? How do you make time to do theater and still work in the business? Like, how does that work? It's really easy. Uh, the key is to not have a job at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or to have a job and then just come in whenever you feel like it. Uh, so I do a little bit of both, uh, which is that, um, you know, I had a theater company um, back in New York um, called Real Theater Works with a number of individuals. Um, and then I formed another one um, while I was in L.A. Um, with a bunch of New York folks. Tina Wong, who's on Rosalia Niles. Um, yeah. Arjun Gupta, who's on The Magicians. Carla Mosley, who's on Young and the Restless. Carla Salsa, Yara Martinez, um, How to Get Away with Murder, and uh, Yara's on the Tick, and everything else. Um, so we have a bunch of people who've worked in all sorts of capacities. And you just do it. You just form a theater company. Um, you know, we've been sort of brothers, sisters with I Am a Theater Company with Katie Lowe's, Adam Shapiro, um, those guys. And so we formed a theater company, and this was to highlight sort of underrepresented voices, uh, multi-ethnic voices, females. Um, and we all got together, and we've done sort of inaugural plays, and now we're probably on our second full-length, How to Raise a Freeman by Zaki Alexander. And on our next full-length will be um, uh, The Tragedy, a comedy, by Daryl Watson, directed by one of your previous guests, Ahmed Best, oh, cool. who I actually met at the Ovation Awards because he's been a winner for fight choreography. I won for acting because I'm one of the best actors of our time. <laughs> and, um, 
And Amina Kaplan, who uh, is actually in my band or has played with our band as a drummer, who also did Stomp. And I think that's how they all know each other. Jeez, Louise, um, yeah. Who also um, did some post on my newest video, which isn't out yet. That's your but band, Sin City. My band, Sin City, with uh, Brandon Scott, Chris Yule. Um, we've had a bunch of different machinations. Um, Merrick Woodard. Um, what style do you play? Um, we're hip hop, soul, rock influenced. Um, we have a our first album was called the Sin City LP, which is on iTunes and SoundCloud. I had a solo album as a rapper called The Backpacker's Guide to the Galaxy because I'm a nerd and I nice. love The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. Um, was that actual nerdcore you were doing, or is it? Uh, what did you say? Was it actual nerdcore rap you were doing in that album? Uh, I don't know what nerdcore is, but I did have a song called Revenge of the Nerds. Okay. Because uh, there is a whole genre called nerdcore rap where they rap about like Dungeons. Dragons and yeah, like that. I don't think that's what I did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like how that sounds. So I, didn't, I didn't do it because I could take us to a whole another level of nerd dumb right here. I don't think that's what I was. Doing. I think it was just rap and then maybe some smart people involved. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so that was that album, and then, um, so now we're working on our next album, which is called Funhouse, and a director buddy of ours, Dina Selenow, She, you know, she noticed that a lot of our albums are sort of concept music. Um, and so she was like, what if we turned that into a play? So in May, over at, hold on, I'm going to look it up so that I don't get it wrong. Uh, May, we're going to do a play, think like Hedwig or uh, Lin-Manuel stuff or Fela or Passing Strange. Wow. Um, yeah, that's sort of like, yeah, Highways Performance Space in Santa Monica. Um, it's going to be that sort of a thing. Oh, my God. And yeah, yeah. That? Uh, in that's, May. That's in May. Uh, March 3rd is How to Raise a Freeman, um, written by Zaki Alexander, directed by Fred Thomas, uh, produced by Ammo Theater Company. And that'll be Are at you New in Collective. that one? Oh. I'm not in that one. I'm going to be, uh, the company's producing it. I'll be there. I'll show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had to drop out of a play because you had to go and work on a um, show or a last, movie? Our last play, which was... Uh, you're welcome, Jessica Dickens. That's not the name of the play. It's just me talking to Instagram. <laughs> oh, I love, I love your welcome, Jessica Dickens. <laughs> it's like happy birthday. It's, uh, yeah, it's Mammoth. Um, our last play was Judgment of Fools, written by Bernard, Bernardo Cubria, um, which was sort of uh, looking at society, sort of satirizing society through clowning and sort of comedia de arte. Um, oh and so God. Bernardo Cubria, um, an accomplished uh, Mexican playwright, is now a part of our company and is an artistic director. Um, oh my God. Yeah, we actually just had a meeting yesterday and went over uh, some sort of clowning activities and that sort of thing. So it was pretty awesome. That's amazing, man. Yeah. That's so cool. What's uh, What are uh, some roles or things that you would like to do that you haven't gotten a chance to do? Is there certain, whether, whether it's plays or is there roles in particular that kind of play through your brain that you're like, God, I would love to try this? Yeah, I want to play more psychos. Uh, I'm playing what's, what's interesting probably in my theatrical life I, I let loose a little bit more I think uh, within television I've been playing very sort of um, held in individuals people who are keeping things below the surface and, and anyone who knows me personally knows I'm a little closer to the surface uh, sure. and so uh, I think I want to let that part out a little bit more artistically and you know it's been great in terms of like even the arc of my character on Timeless is hit 
a lot more things than I ever would have expected over a career in terms of shooting a man, being scared, being in love, being in this particular century, fighting racism, fighting espionage, being a double agent. It's it's covered so many bases that would be the answer to this question normally. Yeah, um, right. That it's I'm I'm sort of finding finding it hard to figure out what the next career goal is, you know, because um, this is hard to top. But, I, you know, I've been writing some things and I've been creating with friends and, and you know, creating this theater. And I think whatever roles those wind up being are going to be what I, what I wind up working on. Yeah, I love it, too. When we had uh, Keith David on, Keith does a lot of Keith theater. David, I did, uh, I did a show called The Big House with Kevin Hart, which mm-hmm. was a reverse version of The Fresh Prince. And he was the dad. Bam. I was worried. <laughs> I was listening to you, Bruce Valanche, and I was like, I'm not going to have any stories. I don't have nearly <laughs> the career or the memory that any what of these people have. But bam, I got connections. Yeah, I know, absolutely. <laughs> so can you tell us about the Star Wars holiday special? Uh, the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got nothing. Uh, no, all that stuff is. <laughs> no one has anything on the Star Wars I don't know Wars if you know Paul. Just Bruce. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, we always have, we always have, you know, some fun. We've had a lot of fun people on the show, but you know. So, what do it, you like watching on TV? I watch everything. I'm watching. I haven't been able to watch as much because I've been uh, working like 24 hours a day. But uh, Stranger Things and Black Mirror mm-hmm. and um, oh, Black Mirror. You mean what's happening to our country right and now? AK America <laughs> 2017. One. Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Right. Um, what else? I'm watching all the all the popular Netflix shows. I'm watching that. I'm watching. I don't know what's on television. Timeless. That show's hot. <laughs> yeah. Hot <laughs> what, show. Okay, hot what, show. What is your favorite show that you're not a part of? That, you, um, that you're like, oh, if I wasn't doing this, I would be doing that if I could. Uh. Damn, I'm trying to think. Oh, I love Orphan Black. Orphan Black is a fun little show. I've never seen. I've heard nothing you, but good things. Yeah, I loved seen. Falling Skies. Which was like crazy, oh, yeah. like it was, was a little cool. cool, sci-fi cool show. show. Yeah, I like I like fun, smart sci-fi like that. You watched uh, so a lot of BBC Legion? America. You watched the first episode. Of <laughs> no, Legion? but I've I Holy but shit. I know Bill Irwin who's on it, and I'm a huge fan of Bill Irwin. Bill Irwin, I'm going to tell me some Bruce Valanche esque stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bill Irwin, who um, is friends with Sakina uh, Joffrey, who's on our show. Um, along with Patterson, who plays uh, Mason, who also did one man shows. Um, we all were like forming this collective. We never had the time, but we were forming this uh, show called 420, which was the four of us doing 20-minute <laughs> monologues, yeah. um, which we were going to do. Bill Irwin I'd been a huge fan of since Pennies in Heaven, since Popeye, um, yeah. since um, I think he did Skipan. Um, and so I knew him as a New York clown, classic clown, um, created all these shows. And so I actually wound up, we were in the same casting agency, and I said to him, Hey, I'm a big fan. I don't know how many like young black kids from Brooklyn you have as fans, but like I love you. Like Bill Irwin is just like I think it's sixty something year old clown. He did Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf with Meryl Streep, won a Tony. And so I'm a huge fan of his. And then I wound up playing his assistant at a play on the day of his birthday and it was just like so crazy, this art piece. And so I've been a huge fan of his ever since and hopefully we'll still do something together again. But like he's on Legion and he plays sort of this two-fold character. It's two people in one that changes into the other and all this crazy sort of stuff. My, my life is very sci-fi and clowning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right now. Are you... Uh, if there's a clown in space, it is me, sir. Killer clowns from outer space? When, that when, you, when you say that you're kind of a, like a nerdy guy, is, do you, what, did, what did you grow up on? What got you into 
into like what what do you nerd out about? Well, so I I was a math and science kid, right? I was taking you know sequential maths above my grade. I went to Science Skills Center. Um, I went to Stuyvesant, which was the nat- m- number one math and science high school in the country. So I was into that. But then I was also into all these cool little sci-fi shows, like you know your your Quantum Leap and later on Doctor Who and and all these you know Star Trek and Star Star Wars not as much to be honest. I, I like Star Wars, but like I have friends who are like this and that and blah 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 and all, all these things and I'm like you know I watched it like I don't know all this shit but like sure, I, sure. I get it like you know what I mean like I probably know more about Star Trek and, and those sorts of things but um, I was just a fan of all of that that sort of stuff and I loved fantasy you know what I mean I loved yeah. you know I was into you know transcendental meditation and, and, and looking at other dimensions and things like that when I was so like a very cool. kid like you know my science project was, was on um, you know disassociation and hypnosis and things like that so I was always interested in the other world I did magic for a little bit or not really I was interested in magic I did magic as much as I did ventriloquism in that I bought a Laurel and Hardy doll right. that apparently <laughs> did not work immediately and right. <laughs> yes, so I was like this of course. is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to hell with this well, like when, when, David, when David Copperfield uh, got Claudia Schiffer that's the moment I was like you know magic might not actually yeah magic isn't there. bad yeah. But I was like, I'm still not wearing all black just to get a chick. Yeah. <laughs> like, you ever seen David Copperfield in Vegas? Not, pr- uh, no. If you ever get a chance to go to Vegas and okay. see David Copperfield, this is an ad for David Copperfield. This right is now. an ad for David you Copperfield. You would not believe the show that this guy puts on. Really? It will blow your fucking mind out of your ass. <laughs> I believe you. It's outrageous. I believe you. Because you remember, you remember the one with the the where he floated over the no, Grand no, no, Canyon. No, no, no. Who was the one that they had with the uh, the the what's it called the uh, the the tigers and the oh uh, Roy. Siegfried, Siegfried and Roy. Roy. Okay, uh, that was always like oh they made another tiger appear. Like who, who gives a shit? Like that, it's fine, it, but nobody really. They made cares. one too many appear. They made yeah. a couple, yeah, a couple too many appear, right? Oh, one too many. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's hope none appear at Arts Deli. We're currently <laughs> yeah. filming this. But podcast. I went to go. That would be the best ending to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if a white tiger, tiger came in and killed us all. This <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how did Malcolm Barrett die? Uh, uh, the white well, tiger. A white tiger. White tiger showed showed up. And any and worries <laughs> that any of us had about achieving Hollywood immortality are over. This is if a white tiger comes in here. You know what? If there's the way I go, it's yeah. by uh, it's by White Tiger, I, I and that's not love, a metaphor, Valerie. I would love to have on a tombstone. He died like he lived, fighting a white. Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's the best. Well, when I went, to, I went to go see him to see David Copperfield. I'm this is, the, this is still the David Copperfield the story. story. I'm telling you. Right, story. I was worried it wouldn't end. David Copperfield. <laughs> this is where there was. I go to see him. Serene full ending. Did I'm you see Doctor Strange? It's like that, only in a showroom. Okay, here's what happens. <laughs> like, right at the top of the show, they bring out this, uh, this like, uh, like circular uh, thing, the stage. They they spin it, and there's nothing on it, and then they like drop a curtain real quick, and and. Boom! Appears David Copperfield on a motorcycle that's running with you. That's like you know, and he's like, what? Jumps off the motorcycle and he turns to the audience. He goes, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some magic? I'm David Copperfield." And everyone goes, "Ape shit!" All right, the fire explodes. Right, right after the fire explodes, an elderly couple walks through the front row, and he and he goes, "Did you guys just did you guys just miss what happened?" And one of them goes, "Uh huh," and he goes, "I was a." I appeared on a motorcycle, and then a fire exploded. I said, I'm, 
I'm David Copperfield. People really enjoyed it. <laughs> People seemed to like it. And he got this huge laugh. And I was like, this guy is a genius. What a brilliant guy. Yeah. After the show, I go backstage. I meet David Copperfield. And I go, man. That moment with you and those elderly people, it was the best improv I've ever seen. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. They, they work here. No. <laughs> part, he does it every show. The elderly people walk right through the front row every single show. That's See, that's it, a showman. Man, that, it blew my mind. I couldn't, I love it. He's he moving on pigeons. See, he has that's a, that's actual a show. I appreciate, I appreciate. That's why I love those like Don Rickles, those old school mm-hmm. comedians, those Milton Berle, because they are ready to perform at any given second. They know what makes a show. They know how to please the crowd. Yeah. They know yeah. how to move and, and think on their feet as well. But they, they, they recognize what it takes to entertain, and it, and, and it takes a lot of hard work. Did you do stand-up? Yeah. Or are you a stand-up guy too? I'm a stand-up. Ten times. I never call myself a stand-up because I know real stand-ups who do it as a real life and and, and hate themselves. And so I don't want to. You're looking at three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I know, yeah. I don't want to pretend to be any of those people. I've done that on occasion, but I don't have nearly the credence that that my peers have. Well, you're an incredible talent, Malcolm, and I, I can't thank you enough for sitting with us in Arts Deli in a during the lunch rush and talking about uh, all this nerdy shit that we're yeah. Uh, we're doing <laughs> yeah. So nerd crap. Dimension four hundred four. By the way, with, yes. with some of the guys from. Oh, I always get their freaking names wrong. Jump rocket or rocket jump. Rocket, rocket jump. jump. Rocket there we go. Oh, yeah, those rocket guys. Jump. Yeah. Um, those guys are awesome. I'm doing their show, Dimension four hundred four. Uh, that'll be out. Oh, that's YouTube. Is that a YouTube brand no, show? I no, think it's that's gonna a be TV on show Hulu or something like that. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so that's how I met Constance Wu. We do a show, Megan Mullally. Um, oh yeah. So there, I'm doing that, and then warn everyone with Michael Pena and Peter Sarsgaard. Oh yeah, that's out right now. It's on demand right now. Is it? Yep. I have no idea. <laughs> I know. I warn everyone with Michael Sarsgaard and and who's the other Michael guy? Pena? Michael and, Pena. Michael and, Pena. And, and Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah, yeah, and John uh, Michael McDonough. Yeah, that's on demand right now. You can rent it and watch it immediately. It's oh, absolutely hysterical. I have no idea. I, no. I think I've seen it. Maybe. Very very cool. <laughs> it's a lot of an endorsement. Yeah yeah. <laughs> Malcolm Barrett. I think I've seen it. I like that you, <laughs> at the very end of the podcast, you turned into Krusty the Clown. You don't care. I don't, I, I don't know what I did. I don't know. It's on. <laughs> uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm at Malcolm Barrett on Twitter and Verbal B Rappin on Instagram because my rap name is Verbal the Rapper. For those who were interested in that part, amazing. There you go. I will it used to be Verbal the- Kent. And I took it away because I was a usual oh, suspect. Yeah. Fan. Oh wow. Yeah, it All goes right. deep. It goes deep. <laughs> do you have a? In, did you say Instagram too? Do you have an Instagram? Yeah, ver, verbal be rapping. V e r b a l b e r a p p i n. Wonderful. And then uh, when when yeah, does Timeless air? Where? How often does Timeless air? <laughs> it when? airs every Monday at 10 p.m. on NBC. <laughs> it actually filled me with wonder. Yeah, it was really it. filled with wonder. <laughs> uh, February 13th, which is when we're filming this podcast. I don't care if you say that or if you guys sure, work yeah, how fine. that works. And then February 20th is our season finale. And then who knows Ooh. if we're back. But I tell you what, Malcolm will be back. <laughs> Malcolm doesn't stop. Malcolm's going to keep going. Malcolm, Malcolm's timeless no matter what. <laughs> you are timeless. Oh, sir. Unless Mike. that white tiger comes in. Unless there's a white tiger. <laughs> You're screw you all. 
Um, Here on Timeless. I hope he sounds like that, too. <laughs> Screw you <laughs> all. White Tiger will come and be like, they're great. <laughs> For you to, uh, uh, <laughs> Black Tiger goes, they aight. <laughs> Dear white people. Dear white people. Stop making fun of our tigers. Uh, uh, yeah, you can check me out at funnymat.com or if you were annoyed by me, please let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Yeah, I think everyone needs an opposite page where people can tell them they suck because that would be nice. They I should, should have I've had one it of those for too. ten years. Yeah. Check well, me out at, at Mike Black Attack for all social media. Yeah, Mike's got a lot of you. Are you follow Mike on Instagram? Yeah, the it's best. a lot of toys. Dude, yeah, so so it's almost toys. all toys. It's all toys. Yeah. It's almost all toys. There's it's nothing else. There's a lot of a lot of He Man's day to day life going yeah. on, Mike Black. <laughs> yeah. If you're not sure what's going on with action with it, figures, yeah. If you're worried what He Man was out. doing with his downtime, yeah. he's yeah. hanging out with like Mike Live Black. Live journal for Predator <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on there. You can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S T P H E N Glickman on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and then Arts Deli at Arts Deli. A-R-T-S-D-E-L-I on Twitter or on Instagram, arts underscore deli. That's where we're recording today. Uh, from here out, we're going to be- a pastrami bacon sandwich you wouldn't believe out of this, this world. It's a delicious it's food. The marbling on the meat. And the you, things uh, you that you can't get, get that everywhere. just a whole situation. Um, <laughs> this is like too much tuna. It's too much. <laughs> All of a sudden. It's a lot of tuna. Thank you so much for coming in. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us messages and let us know where you would like this to go next. Thanks for uh, coming in, Malcolm. You're the coolest. You're the coolest, sir. You're the coolest. Click, man. Yes, you